0: Dave, it's your episode, by the way. Okay. All right. Can't believe it's back to you already, can you?
1: We need to hit record. I did. Oh. For the uh, in the stuff on the thing.
0: In the thing on the huff, with the huff. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. yeah. Terrible.
2: yeah.
3: 2D, the flat frontier. These are the voyages of the Pancake Enterprise its rotoscoped mission to repeat the same animation and music to transcend the limitations of 70s animation to go boldly where no cartoon has gone before Toontrek based upon Star Trek created by Gene Roddenberry Starring Paul Spataro Also starring Dave Pascarella with Bill Robinson and Andrew Leyland, as Andy. Production assistants: J. David Weeter. Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome Hi, to everybody. another. You are, hey, everybody. everybody. You all, everybody. Second tour of Finland. Drive shaft. Just saying.
4: Welcome to another <laughs> episode of Toon Trek. <laughs>
1: Could we behave for this? Huh? No. No. did, did you've here long enough that we can interrupt your. Uh, your. About not being able to get out of the gate. Exactly. That's the whole point.
4: All right. Are we ready? We're already in the show. Go, man. I know that. <laughs> well, we finally got out of season one. And here we go, starting season two, episode one. Because that's how numbers work. The pirates <laughs> of Orion, mm-hmm. or as the rest of the civilized world says, Orion.
0: <laughs> this
4: and pirates. made me
0: want to get some milk and have some Oreos and co- and and milk.
4: Well, that's what I was thinking. Is that, is this with Oreo cookies? This is where the Oreos come from. <clears throat> so Orion cookies would they be green <laughs> with light <white> interior? <laughs> they would- weren't even green, these folks. <laughs> they were blue. Someone needed a memo. All right. This episode was directed by Bill Reed, who's colorblind. Howard Weinstein was the writer, and the original air date was September 7th, 1974.
1: Wait, I thought and this is, is so fouled
4: was up, I didn't even introduce everybody. I thought
1: Hal Sutherland was the colorblind Ooh. one.
0: I guess. <laughs> he is now.
1: That, of course, was.
4: Dr. Bill Robinson. We have Sir Andrew Leyland.
3: Hello, everybody.
4: Our team leader, Paul Spataro, our version of Captain Kirk.
0: I and I. My, my neutrality has never been in question, though.
4: Never. And that is why I, I always respected you. That's because you've David, been neutered.
0: It's because oh, I'm against proud. everyone.
4: <laughs> and I'm David Pascarella bumbling on when no one has gone before. But back to this wonderful Pirates of Orion, Orion. On star date 63,
3: 34.1. They're no news this week, then. Say Uh, again? (laughs) 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 So so Dave's come in and he's gone. I'm just throwing now we normally do the show out the window. (laughs)
4: They're like, this has been a long time since I've been in this. Season. I mean, you don't think I
1: actually listen to this program, do you? We know no,
0: Andy doesn't. No, no. no are we no.
1: gonna make you the? Are we gonna make you the captain of uh, Enterprise B? You're gonna be John Harriman. Her- Her- Not even he was that bad. Tuesday,
4: right? Yeah. All right, let's go with news. Then
1: we'll go back to this. Ah, uh, there's no news. No, I'm just
3: kidding. there's no news. Carry on.
4: <laughs> well, no, I'm not there's not very clear how I feel on this
1: episode. There's there's new discussions, no discussions because the article actually says, "Oh, they're they're looking to do a fourth Star Trek film."
3: Oh, What's yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this the one where J.J. Abrams said we're doing a fourth Star Trek film with the original cast? And yeah. I thought Leonard Nimoy, D. Kelly, and Jimmy i will be happy for the work. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen much of them lately. So will their so estates. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm sure Adam Nimoy will be delighted by the news that uh, the original cast are going to be resurrected in that faux CG robot way that Mark Hamill has been for a new Star Trek movie.
1: But then if you, the article kind of contradicts itself because it opening says, oh, new Star Trek movie. And then it says that they're in discussions to begin talks. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved that. We're in discussions to begin
3: talks. (laughs) So basically you've done nothing. This is a non-story.
0: You've talked about thinking about it. Yeah, they've, they've
3: talked about talking about it, but they haven't got past that bit yet. Brody, shut up, dude.
1: I'm thinking about talking to my wife about going to dinner. Oh, so that means you're going to dinner.
4: Oh, yes. I think I thought I saw you try.
1: We've produced more this morning
3: than they have. (laughs) This is true. Our our conversation this morning where we talked about doing this episode was more productive than the discussion about talking about doing a new Star Trek (laughs) 4.
1: Oh, brilliant. Uh, I've seen, let's see, i watch
0: All good people ow. turn their heads each way. So satisfied, I'm on my way. Oh, my that, yes, you are correct.
1: You've seen all good people turn... So.
0: So satisfied, I'm on my way.
1: Turn around, you... Every now and then I get a little <laughs> bit lonely as I do, the in your
2: eyes. Turn <laughs> I, I, around.
0: Hard to believe that the eyes. same guy—that's the same guy who wrote uh, all the songs for Meatloaf. It is, yeah, Jim Steinman. Why, why? is that hard to believe? Because, because, total eclipse of the heart and and paradise by the dashboard lights or uh, bad out of hell just do not sound like the same type of thing.
1: Ah, uh, it's, it's bombastic enough. I I can see the pedigree in it.
0: Mm. He's, uh, he's uh, a long he's out a Long as of as boy, well. Jim Steinman, by the way.
1: You know what? I don't know if he did Hold Not For A Hero. I wouldn't doubt that, it. That that feels like a Jim Steinman song, doesn't it? Mm-hmm.
3: Anyway, that's... That's unless there's that's anybody, a of Star Trek news. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's got anything
1: else, I've Wait, not read anything recently. Uh, uh, go on. Well, it's not news, but I watched the first... Uh, I watched the f- one or two episodes of Prodigy. Oh, yeah, uh, you texted us, I sent it yeah, John Noble is in that. Of course, I could tell right away by his voice. I was like, "What? Well, it really sounds like John Noble." Oh, yeah, it is John Noble. Yeah. Just
0: uh, there's I'm an episode of Tomorrow. Important news here. Mm. Uh, holding out for hero songwriter Jim Steinman.
1: There As you should, go. So uh, it's it's interesting. I could see the kid, you know, the the slant towards a younger audience. So I yeah, mean, but what's
3: interesting about Prodigal is. Full old fogies like us are loving it as well.
1: Absolutely. Well, okay, I you're going to contradict that then. <laughs> oh no 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 no! I didn't say that. I did enjoy okay. it, but I have. So they're supposedly in the Delta Quadrant, and they've got races that I don't understand how they're there. But perhaps that will be explained. Like they talked, there's um um, there's Tellarites there. All right but they're in the delta quadrant because because there was a Kazon on there and I'm like why is a case on here oh, oh we're in the delta quadrant okay well, and then oh I'm a tellarite and I'm just like how did you get here all
3: right
1: like but, so I don't know that uh, maybe transwarp conduits work better now I so that was that was the only hang up I really <sighs> had was how do these races get here that sh- wouldn't be here so. See I've not I've not seen any Prodigal because it is not available
3: to me mm. in any way whatsoever. Discovery is on Pluto TV now that it's gone off Netflix. But I've kind of lost interest in Discovery. Yeah. But Lower Decks is on Amazon and that I kind of thought that got a lot better in series 2. And Picard series 2 is going to be on Amazon. Oh good.
2: No.
3: Well,
4: wait, is, is that Amazon for us. you? Yeah, Amazon for
3: me, but I would imagine at some point it's all going to get pulled away because Paramount are apparently going to try and launch their UPN streaming service as part of Sky Television uh, because, let's be brutally honest, no one would pay for it Mm. on its own. Paramount just don't have enough worth buying for. But there's also the thing, the problem with all this streaming stuff, as I see it, is Star Trek used to be available to everybody. And how are you going to build a fan base if it's no longer available to everybody?
0: Yeah, that's that is very true. They, they you know, they, they go on the premise that everybody's already a fan, and that, you know, that group is dwindling as we get mm. older and older. So they, yeah, you know, and it's the same thing as we talked about so many times with comics. You have to reinvigorate a younger, or you have to invigorate a younger audience.
3: Yeah,
0: and you have to, you have to, if you want to continue with your. Uh, you know, with your things as a, uh, franchise.
4: Well, I'll really? tell you, I bought, I bought those Blu-rays, uh, you were talking about, the remastered ones, and I've been enjoying the hell out of the original series.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what, if we go back 20 <coughs> years, which, you know, it's, the series was still 30 years old at that point, or whatever, uh they did try to, to pull in a younger audience. I remember the sci-fi channel showing uh, the episodes remastered, you know, at mm-hmm. least at that at that point. And, that you know, they were all totally un, uncut, uh, and they would be introduced by William Shatner or Leonard Nimoy or somebody. Like, they really did try to, to make it presentable so that a younger science fiction fan audience would latch on to it. But I don't see any such efforts now. Now it's just, you know, we're going to put out new stuff and we're going to assume we have a, a base audience that's going to watch it. And I, I think their thought process is being dependent upon us to push it on our children. Uh, and, and, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of trying to get my kids to watch some stuff, but, you know, it, it's sometimes it's a losing battle, so I don't really want to do it. You know, mm. I, I can get them to watch the new movies, because those are usually standalone and they're not you know, they, they don't take much investment to get into. But the series, my kids have shown no interest in them.
3: But also... My, got, neither of mine. Mm, mine did. Mine were quite interested in it when we were younger. But, I mean, Anya now recognizes Enterprise, because obviously that's the one I was watching as she was growing up, and I'm watching it again now. Mm. Um, but and my problem with that is, would if you had kids of that age, like mine were five or six when I was watching Star Trek, and they were watching it with me. Would you show Discovery to a five or six-year-old? No, you you can't. Because they're saying the word fuck all the time because Mm. they think that's big
0: and clever. But you can still show them... Go on. I'm sorry. it's, It's also just too... like It's not easily accessible.
3: No, I don't think so. But you can show them an episode of the 60s show or Next Generation or Voyager... Or Enterprise. I'll tell you a story in a minute. And they could watch that and enjoy it and maybe watch another couple of episodes. I've started rewatching Enterprise to tell you my little story before we talk about the Pirates of, of Orion. Uh, what? I was what the Pirates of Penzance? I was watching Enterprise on the sci-fi channel because they're showing it in Glorious HD. But somewhere along the line I fell off watching it regularly. And my my TiVo deletes stuff if you tell it if you don't tell it to not do. Right. So it, it deleted because I'd not, I'd forgot to set it to say don't delete this until I watch it. So I picked it up with the first episode of season two. So I've missed a good ten or eleven episodes there, and it didn't matter. I could sit and watch that episode, having skipped ten episodes, and I knew who all the characters were, I knew what the functions were, and I knew what the show was about and i know what people mm. say now that television's better nowadays because the it progresses and it changes but it's also lost something in the if you fall off a show halfway through you give you up can't pick it up again no yeah exactly right bill you give up on it you go oh, i can't be bothered catching up with 13 episodes but i just went straight into carbon creek which i thought was a genuinely phenomenal episode of star trek let alone enterprise but i had no problem remembering who everyone was and what they were all doing and all of that and i think that is an issue as well now that everything has gone down the serialized storytelling route because they want you to watch episode but exactly it has, it has the adverse effect like bill just said if you fall off it you don't bother going back to it
0: well that that is the danger of the you know the the long-form story that they show uh but you need to make something compelling enough to make people want to go back and see it. You know, a lot of these shows are really just, you know, you, you, you watch an episode and you think, I want to know more. I want to see more. I w-. How did they get to this point if you, if you joined ya. the midway? Uh, and I'm not necessarily talking about the science fiction shows. I'm talking about, you know, basically all of uh, television right now. You know, most mm. most shows are a long form story now. Uh, so they need to make the shows in a way where it's going to be- make people enticed to see more. Uh, you know, I can talk about different shows that I've watched. You know, that w- that have been popular over the last few years, and a lot of them I think fit that mold. You know, you talk about Breaking Bad, you talk about Game of Thrones, you can talk about Ozark. Uh, you know, these these are shows I think if somebody came in and you were watching an episode, there's enough there. That they're gonna say, you know what? I'd like to start from the beginning and watch this. But somebody walks in the room while I'm watching an episode of Discovery. They say, "Can you turn that off? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 just not the same."
1: Well, like, um, okay, th- this is the uh, the NCIS pro- programs. I can pretty much drop in on most of those. Now they do sometimes have long narratives, but they're but they are still standalone ish. That you can just come in, watch an episode, and enjoy it.
0: Yeah, well, that that would be true. I watch uh, Blue Bloods, and I would say that's true yes. for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's sometimes an ongoing narrative, but there's, you're there's, not there's so a, totally yeah, there's a, lost.
0: There's a, a string that goes through them where there's a storyline that runs, or that you know there's backgrounds to characters that they refer back to. Yeah, and but it's the not individual episodes of are episode, not unapproachable.
1: Right, and and it's not always from episode to episode. It you know it may pick up three or four episodes later. So there there's enough. Yeah, it was maybe that's because we're old and we enjoy that. I like my programs on CBS. Ah. No, see, I don't I don't agree
3: with that because I've just watched Reacher and I watched all thirteen of them over a weekend or ten of them. however many they were? Because it grabs you by the throat and doesn't let you go. Mm.
0: But that's that's what I'm talking about though. You're, you're not disagreeing with me. You're just hitting another, another side of the same argument. Yeah, but if, I think if it's a show my, that grabs you, then you'll you know if then you'll if, sit and watch it. Yeah, if Angela, walks, oh well, yeah. if she wasn't watching it with you, and and she sees you and you're in episode six, she's probably going to say, you know what, that looks good. Can we start this back at episode one? It's going to be something that's going to entice her to want to see more.
1: Well, I did I that don't with think Squid Discovery Game. When, does that when, uh, when Squid Game came out, you know, I watched the yeah. whole thing one one go. Because well, the thing like- as well, do you think
3: Star Trek suits this model? Because this <laughs> goes back to the question as to why everything is now this way, when some things don't really suit being like that.
0: Well, we spent a couple of years talking about how well this, uh Deep Space Nine did with that that model you know, with the continuing story. Yeah, I would, but and but and it also you, went back and forth. It, it, it didn't, it didn't just embrace the ongoing story in, at the expense of the individualized stories. It did both. Yeah. Until we got to that last, whatever it was, nine episode run mm-hmm. where it's, you know, you needed to be, you needed to know what was going on to, in order to watch one of those. But for the most part, I think it had an ongoing storyline and still presented individual episodes, which is something that some shows still do. And I think that's, you know, there's a certain uh, balance to that that I think you know you, you can tip your hat to. And but I think it, it built it up, now.
1: and it I I feel that Deep Space Nine built it up and it earned it. You 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 know it it earned you wanting to watch those last nine episodes because you had watched you know all the standalone ones and you had grown to really enjoy the characters. Man, I watched the latest episode of Discovery last night, and I'm just like... I thought
0: Juan, season one of Discovery earned it. Yes, I, 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 watched
1: season one, one, I have season one of Discovery, and I, I, it was okay. I mean, some of the Klingon stuff was a little silly, but uh, man, this last season... I really well, don't care about
4: Discovery, to uh, be
3: honest. See, I think my problem with Discovery is they've got rid of the two best actors. Uh,
1: Who? Jason Uh, Isaacs and Michelle Yeoh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking you were talking about Tilly. I'm like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I was never on the Tilly train.
3: They did one of those uh, novels that was all about Lorca.
1: Yeah, and I read that. I think they, Andy read that too. Yeah, I read that one.
0: If if they came out I, with a I thought it was great, series, if you flew through. If they yeah. came out with a spin-off series Star Trek Lorca, I think you'd all be on board right away.
3: Well, yeah. yeah, we probably would. Well no, they we the talked thing. about this. we talked about this before. It's 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 lead actor syndrome as well. It's I, I don't find the 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 actors and the characters in discovery are now that dynamic enough to hold the show together. There's a feeling from me; other people may feel differently, but I feel these all these characters are supporting characters, and it needs a lead to, to for you to latch on for you to focus on. And this doesn't have it.
1: You got Michael Burnham; she's the lead. <sighs> yeah,
0: it's, it's, I get a compelling
1: yeah. and charismatic lead.
0: In I'm in just CS1, cry my way. In season one I might have thought that she was good enough to carry it, but she's not.
3: No, and it's such a shame that Michelle Yeoh was right there. You know, give her captaincy of the Discovery. Have Burnham still be first officer or whatever. But she but they let the they let the best actor go because presumably this section eight spin off's still gonna happen or whatever, but I don't
1: know section 8 what they're going to lock her up because she's crazy
0: yes Jamie Farr.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be the best Jamie Farr's in it yeah
0: keeps coming onto the bridge in a dress
3: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that that's six weeks episode of old men whinge that Star Trek isn't for them anymore
1: <laughs> no that's not no, true what, what, that's
3: not true. No, like but I, said, I honestly, I I very much enjoy lower decks too. I'm I'm willing to give prodigy a go. I'm hoping strange new worlds is what they're promising us that it will be. So you know, every day is Christmas Eve.
0: <laughs> I thought every day was Boxing Day with you.
3: Uh, boxing Day is kind of like lethargic and a bit of a funk.
1: You get punched yeah. him right in the face. Yeah. Oh, Wrong Boxing. Sorry.
0: Meanwhile,
1: so what, about, but, what about the Pirates mean, of
3: Oreo? <laughs> do, do, do,
0: do, do, do,
1: do. I am a very Meanwhile, model of a modern Major
3: Orion. You're the very model of a modern Major Barrett.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, on Stargate 6334.1. The Enterprise is. I'm not re- giving that damn title again. No, the Enterprise me. is on its way to planet Denib V. When Spock contracts. Wait, are v- you v- sure that's not V? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you get a shot of penicillin, it clears it right up. Doc, I got the V again.
1: Uh, why? Stop sticking things where they don't belong. Anyway. Spock contracts
4: the disease Coriocytosis Coriocytosis Coronavirus seventy, And is diagnosed By McCoy as having only Days to live Starfleet freighter SS Euron Is yeah. to rendezvous with the Enterprise and to deliver Medicine direly needed for the Cure It is attacked by Orion Or Orion Pirates who steal the cargo, which turns out to primarily be
1: a sizable load of dilithium crystals. You know, I, I just need to interject here. Please. In all, this, in all the Starfleet freighters I've met, Huron is the most... Huron. <laughs> all right, now what's it?
0: <clears throat> <after>? Moving on.
1: <laughs> the,
4: the Enterprise finds the battered Huron and its surviving crew. Analysis of the attack leads Kirk and his crew to chase the Orion ship in a desperate attempt to recover the cure before time runs out. The Orions, knowing they cannot escape the Enterprise or best them in a fight, plan to destroy both themselves and the Enterprise in order to protect the lie of Orion neutrality. Kirk meets with the Orion Captain on a highly unstable asteroid. Highly unstable. (laughs) There you go. Which the Orion plans to detonate to carry out his plot. Kirk and the Enterprise crew realize that the Orion Captain is carrying an explosive trigger in his pack and are able to neutralize it. They recover the medicine to save Spock (laughs) (laughs)
3: Spark, <laughs> help me, Spark.
1: Sp- Spot. Spock. <laughs> when Spark? That was when Spot had no brain. Brain? Brain? What is brain?
0: Oh, we now you started it again.
1: Almera.
4: They capture the Orion captain, who orders his crew to abort the self-destruct. Which would now be a pointless loss of life, and surrender, and retrieve the dilithium crystals. I did not enjoy this at all.
1: Might I point out that yes. whenever this Orion Orion captain is returned to his people, he is dead?
4: And that's one of the points I have in my notes. They're going to kill him when he comes back. <laughs> Well, oh,
1: they... okay. I, 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 guess. All right, guys, surrender. Man, I, <laughs> get out of here. But they, they can't have people committing suicide on a cartoon, I guess.
4: But well, wasn't that the plot on the, uh, the Journey to Babel episode? Didn't they kill themselves at the end? The yeah, op- they well, were all
1: right. That's because I, wasn't it because the ship was like so hopped up on whatever space meth that it was like gonna burn itself out anyway. So they were doing, like, suicide runs at the uh, – right, because that's when uh, McCoy was operating on um, Spock and, and uh, Sarek. Right. And the ship kept getting attacked.
4: Did you ever see that TV show Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh,
1: many, you, times.
4: I've never watched an episode. I've only seen two. But on one of them, there was a, a guy who was supposed to be a kamikaze survivor. <laughs> and he couldn't get past what do you mean did did he aim the shit plain and miss is that what he was (laughs) that's these guys they're kamikaze survivors
0: yeah pretty much
4: And, and if you're so committed to the cause you know that you're supposed to kill yourself why would they listen to the captain who just surrendered
0: very good point
4: haven't we been to the Deneb system before
1: Yes. yes, isn't that where uh, Kirk's uh, brother? Right, right. Yeah, with the uh, with the flying space raviolis.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the pizzas.
1: Yeah.
0: This, this is Kirk with a mustache.
3: <laughs> this is. Yeah, de- William Shatner in a tash. And not that bad episode of Columbo where he had a tash.
1: Was that the one where he uh, he put the bullets in the gun and the way that Columbo caught him was because his fingerprints were on the actual not on the gun but on the uh, the rounds? Or was that another time he was on Columbo? Is
3: is that not the one where he plays the TV detective?
1: Ooh, I don't know. Because the one where he has the bad mustache, he's playing um,
3: a a radio shock jock. I remember him wearing a white suit or a, that's, like he's off all... the seventies one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he, yeah, goes he play, He's on... playing Mr.
1: Rock. Welcome to Fantasy Island. <laughs> Welcome. Were you chatting ever on Fantasy Island?
0: Probably. Mm.
1: I, I have, have fantasy where I meet myself.
0: This one's got everybody totally enticed, huh? No, uh, no, no.
3: I, I'm waiting for you all to, to get your gripes out of the way so I can uh, I can be contrary to you all. <laughs> I have okay. a question. I did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. The, the planet
4: that they're supposed to be getting the cure from, is that called beta cannabis?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, the cure is pot, right? Yeah, I kind of heard that too. I was like, wait, what? Well, there
0: they're are people going, who will tell cannabis? you that cures all things.
1: If I didn't have subtitles, I would have been like, did they say cannabis or canopus? <laughs>
0: hey,
1: there's a herb. There's a lot of pronunciation problems in this episode.
3: <laughs> that's what I'm when you all record separately. Yeah. I cannot <sighs> see from IMDb that Shatner was ever in Fantasy Island. Ah.
4: Uh, oh, and the world is a lesser place for it. What about yes,
3: the love boat? <laughs> I cannot see that he was ever in the love boat either. Really? No. No, you can't he was cap- never. It's, according <laughs> to IMDb, he was not in the love boat. Well, he that's because
1: he would have been able to be the star if he was on Love Boat because there was multiple stories. Mm, that's true. Probably why he wasn't on Fancy Island either. Possibly.
4: But it would have been a great episode. He could have been the captain of a rival cruise. <laughs> 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 you know, when Stooping and I went through the Academy together. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh
1: Uh, I I just see Stubing trying to play off his con. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (sighs) Sorry. No, but, okay, so... Command the torpedoes. For, for, I will give this episode props for some of the scientific and the callbacks, you know, that it, it, it is kind of interesting with the plot, uh, but some of the other things uh oh my god the uh, well see now I'm starting to pick it apart again McCoy's on the br- bridge <laughs> <on> call <McCoy's. laughs> hey. uh, and he's done, like does it twice and I'm just like wait but he was he's right there and I'm like turn to your left McCoy's right there why what? My favorite oh.
3: animation goof in this one is when it pans across the planet and for some reason the structure in front of the background shakes. <laughs> and I'm like why is a piece of animation shaking? Cuz the rest of it wasn't. So it literally looked like somebody was holding this cardboard cutout of a mountain in the foreground and they sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's wow. unstable. It's unstable. That is true, yeah. But,
4: but you know what's even better is when the Enterprise crew beams over to the Euron and they're all laying out, and Kirk's for check the cargo. <laughs> <laughs> Crews laying there. Oh yeah, go check the cargo. Oh, maybe we should
1: check these guys out too. But Was check it, the cargo first. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have we picked that apart enough? Now we can let Andy. V- present his rousing defense. You're all wrong.
0: actually, Hold on, let me me attack it a little bit more before you do that, Andy. Uh, This episode apparently was written originally by a high school student, Uh, and and it was submitted, but they didn't give it any, they didn't pay attention to it because it was submitted by, you know, without an agent, I guess, Uh, and eventually it was kind of looked at, and then they... uh, eventually you know revisited it and decided oh you know we'll, we'll do this and it it you know knowing that it kind of feels that way a little bit to me because it feels like a grand idea that they tried to squish into 22 minutes uh it's it's yet another episode of the animated series that i feel like if you had let this one develop over a little bit of time. There could have been a little bit more intrigue. You could have been a little bit more edge of your seat on some things. Uh, and and it could have been, you know, I think this as a 45-minute episode would have been much better than it as a 22-minute episode. Mm. And, and that's my biggest problem with it. I feel like we just kind of rushed through some things that, that if we spent some time looking at them, it could have been much more fascinating. So I didn't dislike it. So much as I was left feeling like that's all.
4: Yeah. Now now you can, two, now last two last complaints and then we could praise everything. Um, so basically, the Orion ship has the equivalent of an oil leak and they're able to track it with that. <laughs> it's got to have a tailpipe.
3: <laughs> I was just going to say it's no dumber than it's got to have a tailpipe.
1: I guess the only reason they know what tailpipes would be is because of Kirk's fondness for old things. Because how else would anybody else in that century know what a tailpipe is on a car?
3: but remembering a piece of the action, Kirk didn't know what a car was.
1: I ain't falling for no torpedo in a tailpipe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they uh, but in in the in the reboot series, he obviously has a fondness for old cars.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, a question for. Dr. Bill? Oh, okay. The Euron is a Starfleet transport cargo ship, right? Yeah. Why is it not USS? Why is it SS? Isn't SS like a a private ship, like the SS Minnow?
1: Um, Shouldn't it be USS? If you look at the animation, I think it said USS actually on the ship in the show because i was kind of no, uh, noticing that no ss i think uh it's more f- i want to say it's like merchant marine or su- certain class of supply ship i didn't S- research that i mean but i think that's what ss why uh i mean they're in space they should all just it's just it just stands for spaceship <laughs> i don't know but right. But I mean, if it's a military vessel, it should have the USS, I would think. Eh. Uh, you know what? I'll look it up real quick. Of course, I'm now, I'm typing in SS, and I'm getting myself on a whole different watch list now. Yeah, the FBI is going to be knocking on your door. Q, Q, Andy. See, so you're supposed to say, oh.
3: Bill. Bill. <laughs> is this someone new running thing? yeah <laughs> Okay one this is the single best episode so far and if it doesn't end up being the best episode of the series I will be very surprised. Two could not disagree more about the running time thing it's the first time I've watched this and felt that 25 minutes worked. It felt like a script that was actually structured for a 25-minute running time, as opposed to 45 minutes. Third, that teenager is Howard Weinstein, who went on to write not only one of the best Star Trek novels, which was uh, Covenant of the Crown. Crown, he also took over from the DC comic when Peter David left and it resulted in being one of the few times I didn't leave a comic series when Peter David did. So that says something. Three at four, I forgot what I'm up to. It actually felt like an episode of Star Trek. It had a problem that had to be solved by our guys. It showed Kirk's commitment to saving Spock's life, the only times he's ever broken Federation rules people who insist Kirk was a rule breaker, and all the characterization felt spot on. Does that mean there are not problems with it? No, there probably are problems with it. But while I was watching it, I felt that I was watching an episode of Star Trek to the point where the limited animation in this one didn't bug me at all because the story was good enough to suck me in despite the limited animation. Fifth, it even has a triples ending, guys. Come on. Everyone has a good laugh. How is that not Star Trek?
0: Okay, I will rebut all of that. You're wrong. (laughs)
4: That's well, to, to play devil's advocate, I'll throw some positives in on top of Andy's positives. I, find, I There's a line Bone uses in the very beginning when he diagnoses Spock, and the, I wrote it down. He says, I wish to God I was r- wrong. And for some reason, that rang true, and I felt you wouldn't normally hear something like that on a cartoon, you know, using the word God like that. Mm. And I thought that was kind of cool. The USS Euron had a very cool design. And I liked even in the animation where on the nacelle they had like the indicator light or whatever you want to call it, blinking, and it's a delta shape. And it was the first indication we've ever gotten that the hypospray hurts. Yeah, that's that. I, I kind I mean, of it that was assumed completely. it didn't hurt.
3: Ow, it hurts. My main problem with this one was having Sulu and Chapel as the helmsman and the navigator of the other ship. Because they're not the best voice actors in the world in the sense of being able to portray different roles. Takai's just too recognizable as George Takai. So if you're glancing away from the screen for a second, you think they're back on the Enterprise. Mm.
1: So SS... I don't know how this relates to space because SS is an abbreviation for a steamship because a lot of ships are listed by their means of propulsion or what they're used for. So like RV would be research vessel, SS is steamship. Now, when ships are indoctrinated into a military service like HMS for Andy would be his or her majesty's ship, United States Navy, the Japanese Navy which is like IJ uh, or HIJMS um, so I don't know how you have an SS ship in space. I don't think that there's steampunk steamships, uh, I guess I guess there could be steampunk spaceships.
0: Does it not just stand didn't, for didn't, starship? Uh, it could be starship. Did the Cisco's just, go out in the equivalent of a uh, of a steampunk ship into space? One episode.
1: The who with the why? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the disco yeah. boys. Yeah. Oh yeah
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. With, well, that's that's, so that's, well, that's
1: more like a solar sailor, right? like it might
0: be the the you know outer space. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah older,
1: older tech, yeah, yeah. So that's uh. So I have no idea. I mean, it could just be spaceship, and because it's of a freighter designation, they, um because it's not a fighting ship maybe it doesn't have the U in front of it I would guess so what did
4: we all think of this episode grade wise yeah. well, well
0: just as a final thought you know what, what I said was I, I still feel that I still think that there was a lot more to be delved into in this episode the the Oriens I think we could have given a little bit more time to them The the whole Spock being sick thing you know, although actually I thought let me take that back because I thought they did fine with that where he was trying to actually do his job and then he was you know not able to so I I think they did good with I think they they did that well Uh, but I think the whole having the shipment uh, you know hijacked and then them trying to present themselves as being neutral I think we could have spent a lot, lot more time on that and then ultimately the resolution could have spent, you know, a lot more time. So I do disagree with with Andy on that particular point, because it just felt like it all happened too quickly. Uh, and, and you know, by nature of the episode, it had to. Uh, you know, they only had 22 minutes to do it, but I would have really liked to have seen more. Uh, so that's, like I said, that's my biggest criticism of this episode. It ended, and I thought. You know, it it scratched the surface, and I really would have liked to have seen it go a lot deeper. So that's my final thoughts on it. Uh, So, you know, if you're going to do grades, Dave, you're first. Well, all
1: right. Uh, If I would like, I would like to rebuttal our esteemed colleague again. Now, what else did Howard Weinstein do? Because I. I think I read The Covenant of the Crown. I mean, it came out almost 40 years ago, and I, at that time, when all those books were coming out, I was buying them up and reading them. But it's just not sticking out in my head. He did one called Deep Domain as well, which I remember being quite good. I remember enjoying both of his novels. Deep Domain. was that the one? Uh, did that have whales in it? Yes. Okay. Original, he was a
3: bit yeah. reticent about it. Being published because it was very similar. No, similar yes. plot. But the basic idea was Star Trek 4. And they yeah. went and had to do it anyway because they liked it.
1: See, that one kind of sticks out a little more in my head than The Covenant of the Crown. The Covenant
4: of the Crown was like a quest, I believe, that McCoy was a big player in.
0: Hmm.
4: It, it, it kind of reminded me of that episode where they're transporting the pregnant woman. woman. Do you remember that? Catwoman? Julie is Newmar?
3: It, is it Julie Newmar? Yeah. No, they're not they're not transporting Julie Newmar. She's down on the planet.
0: Oh yeah, but that's, that, uh,
4: yeah.
3: yeah. They're
4: escorting her.
1: and th- th- then she named the kid.
0: You talking about Elan of Troyes? No,
1: no no no. This is the one with uh, the tear and the Klingons are uh,
0: You would you would challenge me, Mob? <laughs>
1: and like he's touching her and she's she's like smacking him and i i think he smacks he her back. He hits
4: the back, doesn't he? Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then uh they named the co- the the child has McCoy in his name or something.
4: Yes. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I th- I think the book is a little similar to that storyline.
1: Hmm. has something to do with royalty and McCoy is a big player. But did you say he took over a comic writing from um from Peter David? Yeah, he took over the DC comic series after Peter David left. Which one? With uh, the
3: second run, the one that took place in between Saturday five and six. Oh, the oh, the *Star Trek* series. Oh, okay. All and right. he ran, he, he wrote that for ages, I think. Oh, okay. After revisit. So,
0: uh, that. Just just to, to give some uh, background, the episode you were talking about was *Friday's Child*. And when yes. I, did a, I did a quick look at it. Uh, the baby was apparently named Leonard Montgomery Aka R. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Julie Newmar. Ah. We will now return you to Star Trek the Animated Series.
1: <laughs> a regularly scheduled program. I so, do have to say, so. I did watch the. Uh, um, so this might have given me a, maybe I didn't, may, maybe I enjoyed this episode more than I thought, because I did watch ahead. i watched the first three episodes of this season last night, just because it's like, oh, okay, just because. I like that one. I mean, you know, aside from the nitpicky things, it's like, you know, all right, let me watch another one. Oh, let me watch another one. Hey, I'm going to watch Discovery. <laughs> no, I'll watch another episode of the animated series. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right what's your grade
4: dave <clears throat> i had a lot of complaints about this uh, episode but it was all in good fun i i, I enjoyed this one quite <laughs> quite a bit actually and uh i really liked the design of the uran i liked some of the details uh, the story's a little hmm the dialogue with Orion as Orion I would love <laughs> to know what that was about to be blunt with someone on a cookie bit maybe between the cannabis they got the munchies and were thinking of Oreos but I digress I gave it a 3 a 3.5 I, I did enjoy it
1: um okay I can't I I there is no way I call shenanigans, I really don't think, I say oh boy, I don't think that James Doohan did all these voices, because I swear, I swear that sounded like a different human being. I, James Doohan cannot, I I just, I call call baloney, Uh, no, because especially the Orion Ensign, that guy's voice sounded so different. I mean, yes, O'Shea, Eric, Erics, Erics, uh, the Enterprise security guard, but even the captain sounded didn't sound to be like James Doohan, and I was like, did they actually spring and get another guy? But I mean, he's credited, but I I still call bullshit. So, uh, but okay, um, the rating for the episode I'll give it a, I'll give it a three. Uh, three empty exploding backpacks out of
2: five.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm at three also. I thought it was, you know, I thought, I thought it was a, a good idea. I, I enjoyed watching it. I just, like I said, I wanted more. If, if I had gotten more, I think I would have gotten a higher grade.
1: You want more?
0: You know, I'm like Oliver. <laughs>
3: uh, I'm going four. I genuinely enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's. I think it's the one of the first ones that I've not gone. God, is this only 25 minutes? Feels longer. Well, that what is? is
0: I'm blame just looking. Says. I'm just looking over the uh, the the uh, list of episodes, and it is not your highest ranked episode, Andy, because you gave yesteryear a 4.5.
3: Did I? Well, like, no. I'm, I stand by that. I stand by that. yesteryear is better than this one. <coughs>
0: Mm. Uh, That's why I wanted to mention it, only because I was wondering if, if you might renege on your this is the best episode of the series
3: talk. It's joint next with Yesteryear, but I still give Yesteryear a higher mark. Well, what does Blaine think?
2: Incoming transmission. Hi, guys. Here we are, launching the second season that was never supposed to happen. In the 1970s, most animated series were one-season deals, thinking that kids just rewatch their favorite stuff over and over so a large number of episodes isn't really needed. Then two things happened. One is that the show was popular enough to be highly profitable for formation, and the other is that there was a writer's strike. Due to the lack of respect for animated product at the time, the ban on writing during the strike only applied to live-action work, so people suddenly had no place else to work. That made a second season much easier to justify. Walter Koenig was invited back to do another episode, but he wasn't happy with the finished product of his first episode, referring to Gene Roddenberry as the master rewriter" during the episode of The Center Seat that focused on the animated series. As for the episode itself, it was written by Howard Weinstein, no relation to Harvey, when he was 19 years old and in his first year at college. He felt his career was launching early, it seems, but this seems to be his only IMDb writing credit. Still, it is well plotted and has actual emotional stakes during the conflict. I would have preferred if Kirk showed a little more hesitancy to promise not to report the incident, but I'll write that off as a side effect of the shortened format. This does have some of the best Spock-McCoy banter of the animated series. There was also a fight with the network to use this ending, since the Network Standards and Practices office was reluctant to bring up suicide on Saturday mornings. I also really appreciate the reference to Spock's green blood with the actual science behind it. Yes, we have green-blooded sea life on Earth with cover-based haemoglobin, it's an actual thing. I'm not a biologist, so those that are may cringe at a disease behaving differently based on that element, but to me it at least sounds plausible. All in all, it's enjoyable, but not one of the most memorable episodes. It's also worth noting that the series was nominated for Best Children's Series at the 1974 Daytime Emmy Awards, but it lost to Zoom, which I've never heard of. The other nominees were Captain Kangaroo and Fan Albert and the Cosby Kids. In 1975, it won, beating Captain Kangaroo and The Pink Panther Show, making it the only Star Trek series to win an Emmy as an entire show, rather than for things like makeup in a single episode. This is the season that receives that recognition.
0: So, uh, yeah, Blaine, I I feel like Blaine is walking the wire between me and Andy on this one, because... You know, his his comment seems to be he really enjoyed the episode, but it could have been a little longer. So, I think uh, I think he's hitting both of our uh, marks on that one. Uh, I, I was interested in hearing his opinion on the copper based blood and if it had any kind of basis in science. And although Blaine is th- is not a biologist, he still probably knows a hell of a lot more about biology than I do. So I'll still accept his uh, I'll, I'll still accept him as an expert on the subject, even though he says he's not.
3: He's more wasn't of an expert the copper, than else. Yeah. Well,
4: wasn't the copper blood and Spock uh, the reason the salt vampire thing didn't he kill him?
1: Yeah, it's found him most distasteful. Yeah. No kill eye. <laughs> That's a hoarder.
4: Oh. That's a hoarder of another color.
3: Well, if he's a hoarder, I'm sure he could declutter. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> thank you I'm here all week
4: <laughs>
0: don't forget to tip you waitress <laughs> any, any more comments before we walk off into the sunset okay so then what are we doing
1: huh?
3: <laughs> no, what,
0: what are we doing next time
3: next time on an all new episode of Toon Trek David Gerald Returns with a bug eyed monster all of his own in BEM
0: oh it's about Bill's son no no
1: that's Ben Ben. your son Ben
0: (laughs) Bill does Michael Jackson I guess I guess we're done Uh, we're out of here
3: Trek is based upon Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry, and is a Tutu Freaks presentation. It's hosted by Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, Dave Pascarella Bill Robinson, and produced and guest hosted on occasion by J. David Weasel. All music and clips. Are copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This is a review show, and as such, protected under fur use. Yeah, let's go with that. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Toontrack.
1: So Dave, you're not the only
0: one with... Uh Sick and twisted sense Yuma? Yeah.